0: What's going on, everybody? I'm Kevin from Cigar Prop, and each and every week we come to you live on the I Tap That Cigar Show on our YouTube channel. We interview someone fun and exciting in the cigar world, and then about a week later, we upload that audio to various podcasting platforms. That's what you're listening to now. We try and cut out a lot of the stuff that won't make sense because you're listening to it instead of watching it, But if something doesn't make sense and you want to watch it, in the description is the link that will take you to our YouTube so you can watch the interview instead of listening to it. But if you want to continue listening to it, thank you, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, so waiting patiently in the Experience Acid Green Room is Joe Arendelle, owner of Rain City Cigars and president of the Tobacconist Association America, a.k.a. the TAA. And uh, before we bring Joe on, you know, I love it when a guest gets to play themselves in or get to introduce themselves. So uh, um, let's hear a little bit about uh, Joe and uh, and who he is.
1: Hi, I'm Joe Arundel, owner of Rain City Cigar, located just off of I-5 in Seattle's Georgetown neighborhood. Since 1997, we've provided fine premium cigars from the most popular brands to unique and hard to find boutique brands. There's more to smoking a premium cigar than just smoking the cigar. And if you're new to the world of premium cigars, then Rain City Cigar is where you want to start. If you are a new cigar smoker or an aficionado, there's always questions, whether it's the basics or curiosity about new brands, changes in the industry, and the care and storage of your cigars, or legislative issues. Our knowledgeable staff can answer all your questions and make informed recommendations for you. And while we're talking questions, enter your contact information here, including your email address, mobile phone number, and I will send you a series of free videos that will answer all your questions about premium cigars and related products. And if there are any questions you'd like us to answer, email them to me at seattlesegar at gmail.com. And thanks for watching. How- <laughs> how's it going joe now that is a is a blast from the past so did,
0: did, go. did you did, go ahead, kevin thank you for having
1: me on the show
0: you're, you're 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 very welcome did you did you realize that that is still online oh i think uh I think Joe may have fr- froze up. I think Joe, I think you froze up. Joe, you may you may have to uh, care. Are you, are you frozen? You're not moving either. Wave your hand, care. Okay. You're, okay. you're like sitting there and like, oh, I think I'm going to mess with Kevin tonight. So,
2: no, I would never do such a thing.
0: So, Joe, you may want to log out. And then click that link and log back in. Maybe uh, re uh, reestablish that there connection. There, there, there he goes. So,
2: was, it, was that online or did you get that from? Uh, did you record that for the VHS tape? Yeah, yeah, no that that was uh, that was online.
0: That was uh, and that was uh, here. Here we go. Let's see if he's back.
1: If you, I love technology. I love <laughs> <Yeah>. it.
0: <laughs> Uh, that's it. So, so do you realize that video was still online, Joe?
1: No, I did not. That is a, uh, that is a
0: blast <laughs> from the past. So wait, wait, oh, wait, it was, and I hey. l- literally running down one of my rabbit holes of, uh, of, of, of preparing for the show, just stumbled upon that. And I'm like, what is, what is this nugget that I'm finding here? Cause you, cause you were not, you weren't tagged in that the video. Like your name is not associated with, so I don't even know. I don't even know how it how it popped up, but yeah, it was uh, I was as an old. You, you haven't aged a bit in ten years. <laughs> you're being very kind, there, friend. <laughs> <laughs> so so Joe, uh, what what are you what are you smoking tonight, and where are you coming from? Uh, you're not in a lovely rainy Washington or Seattle.
1: Yeah, that's true. T- tonight I am sitting in uh, Arizona in Scottsdale. And I have the pleasure of smoking a CAO TAA Astelli 2018. I don't know if you guys can.
0: Oh, I don't. Wow, I don't even remember that no. one. What a beautiful band yeah. that has on it.
1: Well, Kerr and I were talking earlier tonight about aged cigars. That's kind of my favorite thing. I try to lay stuff down for a while.
0: Yeah.
2: That's a beautiful I'm, band.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 getting there. I've I've got a, a pretty good collection going. I'm probably a couple hundred cigars deep that that I'm aging for long term out of the thousands that I that I smoke. You know, so uh, um, yeah, some some cigars do way better, way better with age. And usually, I don't know if Joe and Care, if you guys are the same. Usually, the first time you smoke it, you just know, you just know it's like this is going to be better with age.
1: Yeah. I find the, uh, the fuller, the cigar, uh, the smoother it becomes over
0: time.
2: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh, well, was,
0: with, with, yeah. Without a doubt.
2: I went through a little phase there. I was telling Kevin, before we hopped on Joe, I, I, uh, with traveling, I started collecting a lot of t- uh, different years from TAA cigars. And I had a number of, I think it was the, um, angels Anvils, you know, CLE and, 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 um, um uh, a couple others and then i one day i just was like you know they're sitting in here they're aging they're several years old. i I got a smoke through them. so we, i was like i think i smoked all of them i didn't have any more i was uh <laughs> and I, or i give them to a good friend of mine you know i like sharing you know kind of uh, my travels my experiences so um i've had quite a little collection that i kind of ripped through pretty quickly
0: Joe, what is, what is the oldest TAA cigar you have? Like, what what you know? Have you got some agent like long long term? I'm I'm uh, trying to think about how far back. I I probably have something
1: back to maybe twelve or thirteen.
0: That's go that's going back mm. though. That, that's got some you know. Uh, that, that's you know that, yeah. that's going back. Eight nine years isn't bad, you know. Yeah, no. it's, it's, it's not bad. And, um, they say, you know, on a new, new world cigars, you know, uh, you know, 10, 12, 15 years is the limit, you know, before they, they, you know, they'll start their downward slide, but I don't know. I've smoked some, you know, care, you know, got me a 20 year old Op- Opus X that still had some punch after 20 years, you know, so and I've got some cigars that are 10 years old that still have some, some good punch. So
2: straight out of Greenwood, <laughs>
0: We talked about it earlier. <laughs> yeah, straight, straight out of straight green out. one. So, so Joe, but <laughs> before we sunk? get it, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, before we get into your role as president of uh, the new president of the TAA, I, I kind of want to get a little bit of your backstory. Get a little bit about your cigar journey from a small town in Massachusetts, right on the border. You weren't too far from a Dave Garofalo shop up there. Are two guys. Dave told me you were right around the corner from him. Um, but you've you've operated Rain City Cigars since 1997. In all of my research, I cannot find one hint of info on you prior to 1997. So my research, the Joe Arundel story starts in 1997. Where where were you in 1996, 95, 94? You know, uh, not 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 specific, but uh, you know, where what is your what's your tobacco story?
1: Well, you know, Kevin, I tell you, but I might have to kill you after <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> Now, uh, prior prior to getting into the cigar business, I was in the corporate world, and uh, I worked. Uh, we were talking earlier. I worked for a company that was based in Greenwood, South Carolina, and that was a company called Velux America. There, if you watch HGTV, they run skylight ads all the time. Okay. And uh, I I was there for fifteen years uh, before I left, and uh, prior to that, I was with another fairly large company called West Point Pepperell and uh, I was with those guys for five years so the first 20 years and not counting a a couple things before that I was in the uh, the corporate world Um, I left Velux because there were some circumstances that were going to involve me moving to a very very small town uh, Greenwood
0: yeah uh,
1: I'm I'm I grew up in Boston as as you yeah. pointed out yeah. earlier. Yes. Uh, so I'm I'm a city boy. Uh, I I don't think I would be well adjusted to having six restaurants in a town, <laughs> and, and I'm being kind here. I'm counting McDonald's and Cracker Barrel as part of that equation.
0: Yeah, you know, That's especially going, especially going back that that far, you yeah. know, like yeah, Green, Greenwood was definitely probably you know a whole lot smaller then.
1: It was a tiny place, but it, it was
0: you know it was a good place. Yeah, but, it was a quaint, uh, quaint, quaint, quaint is, uh, how we yeah. southerners will, will put a, uh, a a place like that. Quaint. <laughs> uh, that's that's a good that's a good word.
2: Greenwood's a great. Greenwood's that place where you are either got you're going there because you want to go there or because you have to go there, because it's nowhere in your travels. You're not passing through Greenwood to get anywhere. It's just yeah. kind of off the beaten path. But it's, 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 it's boomed since you were last there. I think they
0: have eight restaurants now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. they, they opened up a second McDonald's. Um, so, uh, um, so, so what, what is, what is your, your tobacco story? Well, who or what? There's always a who or what that, that got you into either as a young, a young kid, an adolescent, a teenager. Um, where, where your tobacco journey start? Well,
1: I'll go back to uh, partly what you were telling me about your beginnings. Um so while I was at uh, Velux, uh, I took up uh, golf. And if you're a golfer, you know that there's no reason to play without a cigar. That, that, yep. they're, they're sort of joined at the hip. So one of, uh, one of the groups that I hung out with, uh, they were avid fisher people. So on a trip up to the back wilds of the Canadian wilderness... You know, we're talking horsebacks, you know, into some remote lakes. Uh, I'm standing in a bunch of reeds, fly fishing, and I'm being eaten alive. <laughs> and, and I look over to my right side, and one of the guys that I'm with is smoking uh, probably a Black and Mild or something like that. And the bugs aren't bothering him. So, you know, I looked over and I said, give me one of those things. Yeah. And, and, and so began the journey.
0: Oh, wow. Did you hear that? FDA? Cigars. Keeps the bugs away. Not, not even the FDA can find good things about bugs. So.
1: And, and, and I can tell you unequivocally, there were no
0: miners present. Yeah.
2: <laughs> even better.
0: So, so so that started your, your cigar journey. So, so sometime uh, um, be- between that and, and, and leaving to not have to move to Greenwood, you decided, uh, I want to move to Washington State. And uh, or or were you already living there at the time? I I was already living here at the time. Okay. So, so how did, how did the uh, uh, Rain City cigars? Did you start off at another location, like working at a lounge, or did you just dive right in?
1: Well, I, I, you know, from my my Swiss or sweet journeys or my backwood journeys, whatever that cigar was, um, I started getting into premium cigars. And when uh, I came to having to make a decision about moving, uh, I decided that I wanted to do uh, something different. And my background was in sales, marketing, and distribution. So, looking at the, the local market, I, I sort of dug into and found that there were no people servicing golf courses, grocery stores, restaurants, really in any kind of formalized manner. So, hence, Rain City was launched. And I can say that I started in the basement of my house. I I put in a, a 12 by 6 walk-in humidor in my basement next to my wine cellar, and that's how I got launched. And that was wow. uh, that was really late '96, but really we didn't kick off until '97, and that was during the last cigar boom. Yeah. Hmm.
0: So uh, and Karen and I, we, we've heard so many people. I I wish. I would have been like, you know, because that was a great idea. I'm like, I think there's still room for that to to a certain degree of nice. servicing golf, you know, not really grocery stores nowadays, but but golf courses and like micro brews, you know, which, which are popping up everywhere. And um, I, I, I think I think we're going to see a renaissance of, of that of, of that coming back. Um, and, and I hope so, you know, I'm, uh, I, I'm not going to do it. I, I'm too busy. You know, I might do it thinking about it now, uh, but uh, you know, we, we do have a new microbrew opening up in town here. We got one of the best golf courses in the state of Florida. So that might, um, but yeah, it's um, um, I hope it comes back. It's a, uh, it, it's definitely something that, that's, that's cool. So we, we've heard so many people, that's how they start off on that. So, so you're servicing all of these places and then, what made you move out of the basement and into a, uh, a brick and mortar?
1: All right. Well, my business expanded to a point where it was getting difficult. I think my neighbors were trying to figure out what all these trucks were doing, <laughs> dropping all these boxes in front of my place. And, of course, I'm pretty much almost downtown Seattle. If you're familiar with Seattle, I lived up on Queen Anne, and that's literally just behind the Space Needle. So. Oh, wow. I I wasn't zoned for that sort of thing, and I I didn't want to start a war. So my thought was, uh, at that point, if I'm going to do this, I need to find space to expand into, and uh, at the same time, I also need to expand. If I'm going to pay for space, then I want that space to carry its own weight. So at that point, I entered the retail business as well. So in, uh, in... 1997 we uh, we moved to an area in seattle called georgetown which is about two miles south of downtown seattle at the north end of boeing field and we launched uh officially rain city
0: cigar oh right on care has your stogie road journey ever t- taken you to washington state have you been out that far
2: it has not unfortunately uh i've only been out to seattle once uh uh when uh on a uh, leaving for a cruise the alaskan cruise and uh it was just a very short period of time i have not been out there would lo- would love to i mean i had a, it was beautiful beautiful
0: area yeah yeah a uh, friends of mine uh they just came or friends of ours just came back right before COVID, and they, they absolutely loved it and uh um they're, they're from florida they didn't born and raised here in florida and uh boy they came back and and they were seriously talking about moving to Seattle. And I'm like, <laughs> really? You know, just, uh, uh, I mean, Florida, you know, couldn't have two different environments, you know, uh, completely. You know, um, uh, let, you know, and they're not cigar smokers, so that'll, you know, that help. If you're a cigar smoker, you definitely would not maybe pick Seattle as your uh, uh, you know, destination, <clears throat> you know, to, to live.
1: Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little tough considering we have an indoor smoking ban and you have to get quite creative to find ways to enjoy a cigar outside of being outside
0: yeah yeah our our good friend vic the high desert man he's out there uh, in, in arizona he's in the valley i'm not quite sure where that's at but uh um he uh he works in it and he he went he didn't know that he had an indoor smoking ban. it's been about two years now i remember the video he posted He's like, I went inside bought a cigar and I went to light it up inside and they're like whoa 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 and uh, he couldn't he couldn't smoke it couldn't smoke a cigar you know and he's just like what what, what is this you know he, he didn't understand and I'm like wow but that leaves me like I said so uh, um, Washington State passed uh, uh, the indoor smoking ban in um, uh, in 2005 um, so uh, how, how were you able to to, to stay in business how, how did you pivot what was uh, you know when when that came into, uh, you know, came to fruition, I mean, did, did you, did everybody freak out? I mean, did you, did you not think like it was going to happen? Like, you know, every state, you know, it's like some initiative comes up, like, "Eh, it'll never pass, it'll never pass. Were you, were you thinking that at the time?
1: I I, I wish I was that optimistic. Um, When, uh, when that came up, um, give you a little background on this, the, uh, the folks that were pushing it, um, we you know had tried in the legislature and were effective at blocking it so washington has a a thing called an initiative process if you can secure i think at the time it was about 130,000 signatures you can put something on the ballot so an organization called the Robert Woods Johnson Foundation and for those of you who you know don't recognize that name that's the charitable arm of Johnson and Johnson the pharmaceutical people and, and I, I will just add this, who coincidentally, at the time, sold the largest nicotine replacement systems on the market, but it had nothing to do with that. <laughs> so they, they, they paid $3 for every signature they got on their sign-up sheet to come to that 130000 number. And then they turned around and dumped another oh, 2 to $3 million in television advertising. Um, At that time, I was the president of the SCAR Association of Washington, and uh, all I can tell you was it was a tsunami because we couldn't come close to matching those kinds of uh, dollars. So the the tidal wave swept over us, and within the same year, you probably didn't know that um, in about, uh, let me take this back, in about 2003 in Washington, our legislator, legislative board body got the brilliant idea that they could get a lot of money by raising tobacco taxes even further. So Washington's tobacco tax rate on cigars was 129.42% in 2003. So in in effect, um, my box sales locally just about, you know, vanished overnight. So we uh, we you know we fought what we could on that election night, but we were swept. And then in the next two years, we basically focused on going back and revising the law, which eventually we were successful. Two years later, Washington State became the second state in the country to adopt a 50 cent cap on premium cigars. So for two years, we kind of had to suck it up a little bit and you know, watch our nickels and dimes, but, uh, we, you know, we persevered, we made it through.
0: Yeah. I think when you got, uh, during, during those two years, um, you were the second highest cigar tax. I think what in Alaska, the only person or the only state that had a higher tax at that point, um, which, which, uh, and, um, I can't remember, you know, I I think, you know, I think right at that time, but that is just, it, it's just absolutely mind boggling, you know, that, you know, that, now, did did the tax come down on tobacco, or is it, or was it just cigars? I mean, did all tobacco come down a little bit? Cigars came down a lot, or what was the? Uh... It,
1: it, it was it was pretty much mostly premium cigars. Um, the the current rate on, for instance, uh, pipe tobacco and smalls is ninety five percent.
0: And what do you mean by smalls? Smalls would be uh,
1: things that weigh. Uh, I forget what the weight is, but typically the same structure that we use with the federal taxes. Anything under whatever the, the classification is for a premium cigar. So things like uh, to to make a plug here, Macanudo Ascots, uh, oh, Panther okay. Spirits, okay. you know, okay.
0: little cigars. Oh, okay. So so um, uh, did did they did what, what what is the definition of a uh, of a premium cigar? that was it like what they're doing now, like weight or was it size? Um, what, what it's, is that? It's, pri-
1: it's, it's primarily weight, but they they take a lot of their cues from the feds, which is why it's important for all of us to pay attention when they're working on federal right. legislation.
0: That, that that it is. Uh, uh, Dan Thompson uh, with McAllister Cigar spent a lot of time in Seattle. The taxes were brutal. Congratulations on surviving. I, I don't. Thank you, dude. I I, I I don't know how you did it. Um, two two years, two years of of a hundred and thirty percent you know, tax. I mean, it's unbelievable. It it, it had to have been a ghost. I mean, how did you, what what did you do? Well, I mean, I I just, it's mind boggling when you say that.
1: Well, the, the, the one thing that works for us is, is that most, most folks, I'm sure I'm talking to a very select group of people tonight that have humidors, but I would say the vast majority of our customers probably smoke two or three cigars a month, they don't really have a home humidor. So we were picking up a lot of the single stuff. And that's, that's how we pretty much maintained our existence through that time. And to add to that, uh, so we, we changed the law on that. When the law was changed, it changed on J- July 1st, 2005. And I can tell you that day, my, my store isn't large um, the back end is, is definitely much bigger than the front end. I have a back end walk-in humidor that, you know, most guys would drool over, okay? <laughs> but uh, our front end is uh, basically a, a case style with a library ladder that goes, we take advantage of our height. So we, our, our humidor is about 10 feet tall and uh, we have about 600 plus facings in that humidor in total. So anyway, to uh, make a long story short, when the law changed and July 1st came about, we ran a lot of advertising and we had people lined up from our cash register out the front door and down the sidewalk holding boxes to come in and pay because virtually everything was half
0: priced. Right. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That That is, you know, I, I never thought about it that way. Like I said, it's. It's virtually half price. Yeah, it, virtually the, half the, price. The world, the, the, the world's greatest, you know, uh, uh, sale. So, did you, did you have enough inventory? I mean, when when that, you know, that that boom that that came back, were were you scrambling, or did you maintain a pretty good inventory through through that time, the dark
1: times? I I, I continue to maintain a pretty good inventory and still do today. So, um, in in the local market, it, we're sort of known if anyone in town has it, we do.
0: Okay. So with, I mean, yeah. and, with, and with 600 facings, yeah. you, you know, uh, uh, that's, that's a lot, <laughs> you know, that, that is, that is a good size humidor. Well, my, my philosophy
1: has always been, if you're going to do something, do it right. And if you're in the cigar business, you need to be in the cigar business.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. Care, uh, you, you've told me many stories about, you know, in, in your travels of just uh, seeing like these small shops, same here. I mean, I I've been into a shop that's had less than a hundred facings. And it's like, I don't know. You just, you, you, you almost, you almost don't pick anything. Cause like, there's just not enough there. Well, you, you also wonder how well
1: kept the product is because, uh, you know, when you're in our case, it's the only thing we do. And if we want to stay in business, we need to do it well. So
0: yeah, that, that, that that's it. We, we, we definitely got to, got to do, do it big. I, I know one, one of my, uh, my local, local lounge here, I don't know what how many facings they have. They probably, you know, they they have a larger online presence. So, so they're they're probably, I would say, they're they're well under 500 facings. But in their warehouse next door, they stock somewhere between two and a half to three and a half million cigars. Um, uh, in the in the warehouse next door. But you never you never got into online sales, from from what I. No, you're you're correct. Uh,
1: part of the problem is that the state prohibits me from doing some of that business. So they've sort of uh, I've always, you know, shake my head about this, but it's OK for people that are doing business outside the state to sell into our state. But it's not OK for me to do business outside of the state. I can ship within the state of Washington, but they make it very difficult, if not impossible, to ship outside our boundaries.
0: Yeah, care our, our, our good buddy, Josh Dowler over at Cedar Creek Cigars in uh, Indiana. Uh, same thing from him. He, he can't he can't ship outside the state of uh, Indiana, like I said. Everybody can ship inside, but um, but he can't he can't ship cigars out outside the uh, the state. So that, that's that amazing.
2: It. Now I, I Joe, you said that in two thousand and five is when, you know, July first two thousand and five is when the 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 tax alleviation came through. Was it before or after that uh, re- tax reduction did they pass the smoking ban?
1: Because
2: that seems like that might have been a, you know, kind of, hey, uh. that, that's, that
1: that's, exa- <laughs> that's exactly what happened. So in that same year, July 1st, we were celebrating. Um, December 6th, 2005, the law passed the smoking ban went into place. At the time, I had a phenomenal cigar bar on the east side called the Woolly Toad. And there's probably some pictures on my page that'll show you what that looked like. But it was, you know, a classic gentleman's style cigar bar, you know, wood paneling walls. We had pool table, card tables, leather furniture. I mean, it was a very going concern. We would do cigar dinners, uh, you know, at least uh, once a quarter. We would bring in people like the Fuentes to, you know, to come in and join us. Uh, that all shut down in December of 2005. So, from a high to back to a low again. <laughs> Man, to now figuring out how to make lemon how to make lemonade with these lemons. And um, one of the things that we did uh, shortly after that was I went out and bought an old 15-passenger uh, Metro bus. From the county, and then reapportioned it, and made it a mobile lounge that is now parked across the parking lot uh, from our store, and it is a private club in the sense that we we do memberships through purchases, and anybody that you know wants to join, we log into our POS system, and we monitor. And the, the threshold is pretty low. If you spend $50 in a given month, including sales tax, or if you come to an event and buy a box, it's essentially $50 a month uh, per month. And if you spent you know, the equivalent of, uh, what does that figure out to these days, uh, 50 times 12, if you spent that yeah. much money at any event, you're a full-time member for the year.
0: Oh, wow. That, that's, uh, that, that's awesome. Um, uh, dur- during that that time I mean so so the, the other shop you know uh, shut down you're, you're the president of the cigar Association of Washington at that time or right around that time how many shops shut down because of that law how many how many guys went out of business? Well
1: you know Washington's a unique state in the sense that they've been they've been uh, hitting us with taxes from the very beginning. <laughs> so there was once upon a time when they were probably you know Washington was probably very similar to a lot of states where we had, I would say statewide, you know, probably in excess of 50 to 100 true tobacconists. Uh, that number today is probably, I'm going to be generous and say 12 total in the entire state.
0: 12? Mm. I'm, enti- ta- I'm,
1: I'm talking full tobacconists. I'm not talking smoke shops that carry, yeah. you know, bongs and all yeah, that yeah, lovely yeah. stuff.
0: I mean, that—that that is... That, that's mind. That's mind-boggling. I mean, I mean, it's, it, it's no different than um uh, um our friend Val um uh, from uh, um Regina Saskatchewan Canada, and I think like she said like in in her province I guess Saskatchewan is that a province? But uh, I think she said she had three, you know, like there were three cigar shops, and I and I and, I, and I'm like God, that's insane. But then to hear you say twelve, in America, in a state the size of Washington. I mean, I mean, I have I have 12 in two cities, you know, near me. And that's just that's absolutely mind boggling. I can't. Yeah,
1: it's unfortunately it's it's the way it is. I mean, if you're looking for a cigar, can you find one? Oh, absolutely. It's just uh, depends on the shop you go to and what you're going to get. That's the biggest you're rolling the dice.
0: Yeah. And then do you want knowledge? Do you want, you know, information, you know, like I said, yeah, you can probably go in and just pick up a cigar, but are you going to get the information, the knowledge, you know, if you have questions, you are going to get those questions answered? Probably not, you know, so you're, you're really going to have to, you're really going to have to hunt. That's correct. So, uh, um... So, but before all of this, uh, we'll, we'll start with, uh, uh, you were, you were a board member of the IPCPR way, way back in the day. So that was your, your inner introduction into the, the, the cigar legislative, uh, uh, world. What, 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 uh, or who, or what got you into the IPCPR?
1: Well, IPCPR, uh, has been around when I got into it, it was the RTDA and, uh, while I was on the board, uh, the decision was made to change the name because we had to remove the word "tobacco," because obviously it scared some legislators. So that's that was the impetus for IPCPR, um, which, by the way, now is PCA. So yeah. it, it it constantly evolves. But the uh, the reason why I got involved politically in the tobacco industry is for t- for two things. One. I felt that our freedoms were being infringed on, and two, I felt my livelihood was being directly attacked, and if if you know me, you'll know that um, I'm not a quiet guy, and when I get involved in something, I put my foot to the metal and I go, so um, that's how I got into it, and had, you know, had I not and had several local shops not gotten involved, um, that 129.42% would probably still be in existence. And there may only be two cigar shops in the entire state now,
0: man, that, c- crazy. So, so you, you, you left there, you joined the Cigar Association of Washington, which was probably a lot smaller than the, uh, uh, the IPCPR at the time.
1: <laughs> well, we, I, I founded that organization
0: with, the, oh, with oh, you, oh, you found, okay. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know that you were the founder of that Yeah,
1: with, with a couple other people and, um it is much smaller the the funny thing is we always get confused with the folks at uh, CAA the Scar association of america so yes. it wasn't unusual for me to get their mail or for them to get mine so
0: <laughs> so and and then uh, um uh so and you recently left there um so who who's who did you leave somebody good in oh, ab- charge a-
1: absolutely so we were we were fortunate um our treasurer, uh, whose name is Stacy Thrasher, and she owns F.K. Kirsten, uh, pipe and cigars. They are uh, an old-line tobacconist. Her grandfather started the business, and they're noted mostly for the fact that they do the Kirsten pipe. If you're familiar with that, it's a, it's an aluminum-bodied pipe that has a very unique valve that helps you uh, dispose of any moisture. Uh, you know how pipes can gurgle sometimes from the moisture that comes off the tobacco. I'm gonna have
0: to look that up. I've heard of that pipe. You know, because I'm in like some pipe groups as well, but I've never, I didn't understand like it was a like a style of. I'm gonna have to look that up. That is that yeah. is super cool.
1: Yeah, it it's uh, it, it's quite the pipe. And his uh, the grandfather's background was he was an engineer at Boeing. So that's how that whole thing came about. And, and it's it still made, although I will say in limited numbers these days.
0: Yeah, and, and, uh, and, and hopefully that the tobacco tax doesn't come back because Boeing, you know, I guess Boeing's leaving you guys for, for, for Green, Greenville, South Carolina.
1: Well, they, they've, they've been gone actually for some time, but yeah. a lot of the main production is still in the Seattle-Everett area.
2: Yeah, they yeah, built they they built a big facility down in Somerville.
0: Yeah, I um I, I think at one time the uh, um uh that their facility up there in Seattle was the the largest building under roof on the planet. Um an absolutely mind-boggling big, you know, big building. That, so that's probably so, true. Yeah, so so you so you gave up your role um, uh, with, with the uh, Cigar Association for Washington. Um, uh, you you stepped into the role of president of the TAA, but at, at one time you were the second vice president of the TAA, correct? So <laughs> well, t- I, I, t- I, I, I couldn't find a time frame, so that was <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: So so TAA when you when you join the board, and if you're elected to the EC, the Executive Committee, it's a ladder. And uh, it basically, at each level, you spend two years learning that particular position. Uh, it starts off as a secretary, uh, then it moves to finance, then it moves to um, what we would call the dream machine side, uh, then it moves to membership, and then finally, you you finish out as as president. And sort of what that brings to the table is, by the time you get to be president, you have a pretty good understanding of how the organization works. So yes. we we like to say it's it's a 12-year process. Sometimes it feels <laughs> like a lifetime.
0: Oh, I, I I can I can only imagine. Um, so, so that so that leads us to the TAA. Your 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 time at the TA. you uh, um you've been in just a few months now. Uh, for people in the chat panel that may not know, we only know the TAA from from the the from the little band that's on the uh, uh, on the cigars. So a lot of people don't really understand what the Tobacconist Association of America is, what it does, what what its role is in in the in the cigar community. So can, can you explain exactly what the TAA is and what it does?
1: Uh, absolutely.
0: So, so the TAA
1: was founded in, in 1968, and it's a group of brick-and-mortar stores. Um, currently, we're somewhere around 70 members. Um, to get into the TAA, you have to be invited. Um, it basically is, and we try to strive for professionalism in the industry. Um, We also have on the manufacturing side uh, an equivalent, and in in this case, there's roughly 30 of those manufacturers that are also members of the TAA, and again, that's by invitation only, and it's done to essentially get the best and brightest in the industry to be involved, and the the number (coughs) is... Somewhat uh, limited because we're not the PCA. we're we're not trying to be, you know the one and all for everybody. Um, what we're trying to do is to build professionalism within our industry. and it's essentially set up as a buying group for retail members and associates.
0: Right on. so uh, um, so people have to be, you, you, so, so someone reaches out and say, Hey, I, I have a lounge, you know, I, I would like to become a member. So is there, you know, how, how do they go about? It? Cause they have to be invited. So if someone approaches you and says, I want to be a member, what's the, like the, the, you know, the protocol. Yeah. Yes. I couldn't think of the word. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> protocol.
1: So we, we do have a website. It's called the And on that website, there are what we call, um, Interest forms for for both sides for retailers and associates They they would fill one of those up and then at that point that puts them on the radar Okay,
0: um,
1: and we know that you know, they're they have interest in joining
2: Now uh, is, there a, is there a vetting process then afterwards? Obviously? Well,
1: a, a, absolutely, yes um, one of the things is we ask both sides when somebody applies we have a conversation with the individuals that are applying. There are certain requirements and those are also listed on the, the website, you know, for instance, on the retail side, you have to be in business for at least five years. We want to make sure that people have at least a rudimentary understanding of what the business is all about and and what they're doing. Um, you know, there are, uh, recommendations that we ask from vendors and retailers, um, for the people that are applying, and once we come to know what the number is for the given year, as far as new admissions go, then we go through the process. And this is done yearly because, like anything, people you know cycle in and people cycle out. Sometimes uh, it you know it turns out not to be what people expected, um, you know, and other times you know people want to get in, and because we do our Conventions at relatively small venues. The, the reason why we stick to small venues is primarily for a couple reasons. One, you know, we're not, we don't have the numbers so that when we deal with a hotel or a convention uh, arena, we don't have the numbers to dictate what the policy is going to be. We're, we're talking essentially about, you know, maybe 250, 300 people uh, okay. in total. So we try to stay with what we would call smaller boutique hotels. So over the past few years, the the two places that we tend to gravitate towards is Casa de Campo in the Dominican Republic and uh, Hacienda del Mar in Cabo San Lucas. And the reason for that is both of those are very accommodating to our need to be able to smoke when we have our convention.
0: All right, so so uh, on the average year, how how many retailers leave, uh, and then how many come in? Is it um, is that something that you can? Oh, I, I'm I'm willing to share it. It's oh, okay. tough to
1: say because some some years it's you know a little different than others, but but I would say probably on average three to five will cycle in and cycle out. Okay, so so, so it's it. So a- oh, go ahead. Go. As I say, it's it, it's it's a tough thing sometimes because there are people out there that you know are very worthy, but we only have so much space at the end, so to speak.
0: All right. Now, is is there something that um, a, a shop can do um, to get I don't know kicked out, asked to leave, or I mean, is there is there is there certain protocols that people have to follow each each year? As if you got you got to buy this amount of product, or you got to attend an event, or you well, know, contribute something somehow.
1: Okay, so you, uh, you know, we, as a member, you need to s- support the association, and and by that, uh, we have a thing called the Dream Machine. Uh, we have another uh, called the ESP Cigar Line, which we're smoking tonight. Um, we expect our members to help support both of those uh, events. Um, we do have an attendance policy. Uh, you know, if you missed, two TAA meetings in a row, um, you will be, you can be subject to expulsion unless you have a good reason.
0: All right. What, what, what about on the, on the manufacturer side? Can, uh, can they get kicked out as well?
1: A- absolutely. You know, um, they're, you know, same thing. They're, they're required to attend. They're required to participate, uh, on both sides. You know, we expect people to, Run a, a you know a good operation to be current with their suppliers, um, you know to act in good faith.
0: Right, 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 right on. Now, what about um, it, which which I know it'd be hard, you know, are are but there are any cigar accessory manufacturers or cigar media that that can be you know can join the TEAA in some role. Oh, as a- well? abso-
1: Absolutely, some of our associates are. Uh, do you know Quality Importers? Yep, yep. Okay, they're they're one of our members. Um, do you guys uh, know Lotus? Yep, Lotus is one of ours. How about uh, st Dupont?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah of, of course. <laughs> so they're, it's what it's what, it's what we all dream of.
1: <laughs> well, they're they're our most recent addition on the uh, on the vendor side. Uh, also, along with uh, Dion at Ellusion. He is a brand new member this year.
0: Oh, right, right on. That's Mark. awesome. Uh, yeah, that, that, that is awesome. So what about uh, on the media side? Um, any any, me, any media uh, uh, people? Well, media, we we have a, a PR guy who we,
1: we try to use as a, a point person to get out all the information that's that's current and, and new. Um, we have been somewhat, uh, uh, sh- should I say, closed on allowing media to attend the convention. Um there, there's a couple exceptions to that. For instance, uh, you were talking about Dave Garofalo. Uh, yeah. As you know, he's got his own podcast. <laughs> yeah. So if he's there attending as a member, we're, we're certainly
0: not able to stop him. Now are we, you know? <laughs> I, was, uh, uh, I, w- I was just listening, and I, and I sent care the, uh, uh the show, uh, and I think it was from 2019, where uh, uh, Dave had just come back from uh, from the event. And uh, he was uh, uh, talking about it. And uh, you had mentioned the dream machine. And he was very disappointed. They didn't have the dream machine that year. And he was kind of complaining about it. He goes, they just, he was hoping they were going to bring it back in 2020. And, um, uh, and he kind of explained what the dream machine is, but um, uh, is that something that you can talk about?
2: Oh, um, abs- uh, absolutely. Okay.
0: Uh, what exactly? Cause you've mentioned it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So it might be something people are interested in hearing about.
1: So, so, the dream machine is um, is something we do with our manufacturers and retailers. and it's it's almost like an auction in, in the sense that we will approach all of our manufacturers and ask them if they would like to run a special deal during the convention at the Dream machine. And you know they will put together or they'll pass depending on you know what their what their uh, requirements and priorities are. But, they will put together a package of cigars and it it could be, uh, this year we're featuring uh, this brand and if you reach this level one, the discount is this much. If you hit level two, the discount increases to this much. And and it can go up uh, sometimes to 25 or 30% off of MSR, well, off of manufacturing cost. Depending on the number of boxes that are sold while this event is going on. The event is live. Um, we have an MC, And as I said, it's sort of like an auction because as this is going on, on the screen, people can see what orders are being entered and what levels we're at. And I can tell you that typically, we normally hit the top levels. and And what that means for a lot of retail customers is it allows those folks to be able to Pass on some savings directly to them.
0: All right, so almost like a telethon with the with the live numbers ticking up on the screen and uh, showing it. So that's that's kind of that's kind of cool. So yeah, so it, so 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 that is a permanent thing. I don't know. Like I said, you know, in that in that show, Dave said that he was hoping it would come back. So um, well well, 2020 uh, unfortunately was the kickoff <laughs> of the
1: cove the lovely Corona thing, COVID. And uh, we did do a dream machine, but it was a virtual dream machine, which, you know, obviously doesn't have the same uh, pizzazz, uh, should I say, as uh, the the real thing. (laughs) Okay. But we, you know, we are going to have it. Our our convention is coming in October. Uh, It will be in the DR. And we're in the process right now of putting that package together. And uh, it's looking pretty good, I can say, at this point, especially considering, you know, the issues we're having in the industry with supply shortages and, uh, you know, that dreaded C-word again.
0: Oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I was just talking with uh, Jeff at Corona yesterday, and uh, um, uh, I, I know he said he couldn't make it. He's sending uh, Tanya is going to go, um, but he didn't tell me where it was at. So, um, so yeah, so, so she'll be down there with jeff's credit card i guess buying the uh uh, or with her own credit card she is she is a businesswoman herself i I don't want to no disrespect tanya um so but uh so um uh, is it always like the same time of the year you know october-ish or is it or is it a change up
1: well uh, this year it's sort of flipped our 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 normal time is spring and and typically it's in the months of either march or april This year, again, we were at uh, high alert because of uh, the Rona. So we did a virtual uh, with the ESP, the special cigars, limited editions, uh, in March. And uh, we held the Dream Machine for the October show, which is roughly about a month away from now.
0: Yeah. So, so, so you're the, so you'll have the dream machine for, for, for the show. Like, um, so do, do you have the, the cigars lined up the manufacturers? So, so when do they have to commit, you know, that, that they're going to make something for, or, or they're still not committed Is they're determining when the, what the sales are. So when, when are they, when are they committing to this?
1: Well, once they turn in a, a dream machine deal, they're committed. And okay. on the same token, any retailer that participates, any numbers that they put up, they are also committed. so if if, for instance, um, it comes out that we're buying ten thousand boxes of a given product, that's they can take that to the bank. The manufacturers can take that to the bank. We're going to buy ten thousand boxes of that particular product at that level. So that's all being done right now. Um, and as I said, it's it's moving along quite quite well. Thank God. Keep my fingers crossed. Um, as we get closer, uh, you know, we button down, and then eventually we get to a point where it gets locked up. We're still not locked up because we're still thirty days away. But I would expect in the next week or two that will happen.
0: All right, and then so 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 this so this Dream Machine this year these so these are for the twenty twenty two blends. The, no, the, you're, you're
1: confusing the two. Dream Machine uh, oh, is okay. Dream Machine is sort of a a buying process, an auction. Okay. Uh, And the ESP cigar program is limited editions and ongoing. Okay. And that already occurred in the spring. Um, Those items are up. In fact, uh, we have a website that has all of that listed. It's uh, taaexclusive.com.
2: And and
0: if anybody wants to know if they can't remember that, it's in the show notes down below, all the TAA links, um, uh, Joe, uh, Rain City Cigars, everything is in the links below so people don't have to remember that website.
1: That's great. And that'll list all the current and I think even last year's limited editions as well as the ongoing
0: uh,
1: products. Typically, the ESP program, we usually have around 10 to 13 limited editions and typically on the ongoing, it has at least been over the few years. We have about six to eight um, regular ongoing cigars.
0: All right. Yeah. Because Care had mentioned one earlier, the uh, uh, the Angels Anvil. Yes. That, that's that's been a uh, an, an ongoing one. No, yeah.
1: no, that's actually limited edition. No. L- limited oh, okay. Edi- yeah. So limited editions, they they may run, um, you know, depends on the manufacturer. But they may run, let's just say, uh, as little as 500 boxes of something. And, you know, depending on the size of the company, it could be as many as 20,000 boxes. Again, depending on the size of the operation. But once those cigars are done, they they disappear and they're gone, never
0: to be seen again.
2: And I smoked all
0: mine. And Care smoked all of his and... Like I was telling Joe earlier, um, I only have one of the uh, the Tatuaje Fifty First, the 51 TH, you you know, um, uh, which is a, a hotly sought after cigar, you know. So if anybody ever finds those anywhere that are that are still in a lounge, um, it, it's a, a, a crazy good find. <laughs> um, now, uh, speaking of that, like I said, it's one thing I didn't happen to notice uh, on on the website. I may have missed it. Uh, I'm assuming there's a TAA lounge finder as well, because I saw the list of all the the cigars. Is there a lounge finder as well, so people can find their local?
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. There's a uh, it's called a retail finder, and it it is in the program.
0: All right, so yeah, so so definitely, everybody check out the link and uh, see where your local TAA lounge is. Uh, do you guys ever get um? Which it's got to be, you know, I'm sure some people overbuy, you know, especially at any type of auction. People get excited, and then especially if they're in a smaller area, you ever, you ever bust people for you know you, you find the T.A. cigars at a at a different lounge or, you know, not where they're supposed to be.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, we do. Yes, um, we we have somebody that uh, keeps and monitors the airwaves, and if we do find them, we send them a nice little letter or, or email asking them to cease and desist. Um, that's one of the reasons why the T.A. cigars all have T.A.A. bands on it because it it is made specifically for our organization. Mm-hmm. And, and let me tell you this: to qualify to become a T.A.A. cigar, you actually go through a panel of retailers <laughs> that sit that sit on the E.S.P. committee. Uh, and this year, that's headed by a gentleman named Steve Castro of Davidoff's Davidoff's Cigars in Maryland. He yeah. heads that up for us. And to qualify, it goes through that panel. They're vetted, and we don't always accept everything that's that's turned in.
0: All right. So, uh, uh, care, are you familiar with that lounge? That, that, that was, was up yeah, year, yeah.
2: Right? Uh, several locations um, in in the Maryland area. Very, uh, very, very uh, nice location. He actually has a really nice uh, line of, of their own in-house cigars as well.
0: So, so Steve, right. Now, so, yeah. so um. Is, is there something, you know, like, 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 you know, you're the president, you know, is, is there like a, a direction you'd like to see the TAA go, you know, that, that you're really, you know, it's like, okay, this is my time. I have been, uh, you know, like you said, it's been forever. We're going to make some changes. I want to see something different. Is there something that, that you're, you know, really hoping to, to, to bring to the, to the TAA?
1: Well, it, it, it actually has already started. Um, one of the things is that we've been somewhat closed uh, to getting the word out, not, not only to consumers, but to media. And, and we're in the process of trying to loosen that up a little bit. Um, that's why we have that new website uh, on the cigars that are cigar specific. That's also uh, one of the reasons why we brought on a PR guy so that um, we have an executive director. Uh, Her name is Stephanie. She does a phenomenal job, but she has to do a lot of things. So we we felt it was necessary to kind of give her a little assistance and let her be able to delegate at least that portion of uh, our program so that things were being uh, more visible and well attended to. So that's one of the things. Um, You know, I I can only speak for myself. Uh, It's a board. And if you've ever been on a board, it's a process. Um, I would eventually like to see us allow maybe uh, limited media attendance at the TAA, uh, and that's something that we may or may not do. But that's something that's high on my list to try.
0: Yeah, um, uh, definitely, because there's a, not a lot of media that 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 reports on a lot of the of the TAA stuff. Um, and it's one something that I was going to reach out to you, and I completely forgot um, before. Was there, um, and I, I know Kara would probably be interested as well, because we repost a lot of, you know, news. Is there like a, a, a newsletter or like an email list that yeah. media personalities or media can sign up to get, you know, the the TAA, you know, releases or news releases?
1: Y- yes, there is. And um, if you guys would send me an email with your information and I'll make sure it gets to our person so that you're on that list. Um He's he came from outside the industry. His name is David Green. Um, I I will say this: um, he has done a, a, a phenomenal job at coming up to speed. He's a, he's a cigar geek, um, which is a real plus because typically when you deal with PR people, they they you know they don't understand cigars or or <laughs> the community or the culture. So so he is on board and he's working hard to raise our visibility and and make sure that. The word does get out to everyone. So if, if you guys would do that, I'll make sure that David gets that and that you guys are on the list. Um, for, the, for the consumer, the best way is to check that website. Again, uh, TAexclusives.com, because that's where a lot of the postings will be.
0: And, and the TA, and, and I think I've got it in the links below, does have a Facebook page as as well. Yes, know, it does. For, 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 uh, um, um, so definitely click that link you know you know like the page so you can get you know all of the uh uh the updates as well but uh but yeah so it it would definitely be nice to see some of the media you know putting you know same as the you know the the pca and all the other events that go on you know the media is there taking pictures you know kind of promote gets people excited you know for like the the new releases and what's coming out but but i understand that you also have to you know vet the media personality cuz Karen and I we've kind of been seeing it the last couple of years the vetting on um, <laughs> media personality or influencers has been a little bit lax at some of these at some of these events
1: well TAA our, our meeting is a little <laughs> unique in that what you have is all the principals on both sides of the companies you know, you, you have uh, the, pretty much the top echelon from the retailers and the manufacturing companies. And and that's kind of rare in, in our business to be able to sit down at a table, have dinner with folks like that or or sit down over a cigar and a cocktail and talk cigars and then talk business. And I think it's because of that, you know, we're we're probably uh, just a little concerned about what not so much there's any secrets, but, you know sort of um, how do I phrase this um, what information is being reported and is it relevant
2: right
0: yeah I, I, I agree you, de- you definitely want uh, a media personality that you can that you can trust me I have a big mouth like I said don't yeah. ever I'm, don't ever invite me to a meeting <laughs> like I will see something and then I will ju- I am always online so uh, you gotta you got Charlie at halfway maybe not Charlie Charlie likes to report a lot of stuff too. So uh, maybe, maybe Coop, Cigar Coop or Craig Vanderslice, AKA Cigar Craig. <laughs> Those are probably the two guys you, you want to uh, come to a meeting because they'll be, they'll, they'll be a little bit more, you know they will follow the rules. Not, not saying that Karen, and I wouldn't follow the rules, but
2: and don't let me in with your inability to keep a secret.
0: Kevin. I, 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 I was trying to, I was trying to throw somebody else under the bus there. Kevin cannot keep a secret. Everybody in this industry knows that Kevin doesn't keep secrets. Don't tell Kevin anything. It a lot of times. I don't do it on purpose. I just say a lot of stuff and then people get mad at me and send me the emails the next day. Hey, You weren't supposed to say that. I'm like, oh, you have to say that, you know, beforehand. (laughs) Hey, don't, don't, you know, like every, like every time I talk with Sokka, you know, he'll be like, hey, it's off the record. I'm like, okay, I got it. I got it. You know, so then afterwards I'm like, was that off the record? Which part was off the record? So, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I would definitely like to see that as, as a, as a fellow media personality, maybe, you know, some, you know, some more, you know, on presence as it's going on would be super, super cool a little more openness yeah a little more openness you know and it's and it's not that the the TA is closed i mean i don't think anybody thinks of it as the bilderbergers you know there's not some secret <laughs> meeting of the uh of all the manufacturers that are controlling the prices each year you know it's just it, it's just a, a group of guys and gals that get together and just have a good time and um that was definitely i mean if i had a lounge i mean uh I would definitely I mean, because it's such a smaller in environment, you know I look at the PCA and thousands and thousands of people, and it's like, how do you get any work done?
1: yeah, it it, it takes some discipline if you're there working it really does. The, it you know, the, the unique thing is that uh, our our it sounds like when we go to Casa that you know people are lounging around the pool. Let me tell you, people are working and it goes on from we start at seven thirty eight o'clock in the morning and it goes through past midnight at night. So it's intense.
0: Wow. That is, uh, that is a lot of work um, to, to be in, uh, uh, you know, a beautiful resort, you know, or somewhere in a beautiful it's like, wait, what? We got to work. We can't just go out drinking all day and smoking cigars. So pe- people think people think that's what Karen and I do all day long. We just smoke cigars and drink, and then on the weekends, that's true. I, I'm gonna give them that, but uh, you know, but that's generally splurge okay. a
2: little bit, splurge so, a little bit.
0: So, so care any uh, uh, anything you'd like to? I, I to think them? I
2: think you point out and, and something that's really true is you know is is like like you said, Joe is uh, opening up a little bit because I think when people think of the TAA, they see the cigars, and really, I, I don't think and think somebody on the section uh and and, and the, one of the the viewers commented um and i know even when i travel there's not a lot known about it you know um and i think the more that you know especially cigar enthusiasts learn um it, it's it, it's the, the seeking the education behind it now with all the uh you had mentioned earlier i know you did a lot of work up in um, um up in your home state and then also with your um your your uh, connections with the uh with the PCA, does the TAA, is there any, um, a connection with the other groups, um, as, as the battle continues, uh, against the FDA and what role does the TAA play in, in any of that?
1: Well, we obviously, um, we're all, it's, we were talking earlier about the cigar industry being a small pond. So, mm-hmm. you know, to, to that point, we're all integrated in this thing. Um, The TAA this past year, uh, because the previous year PCA had an issue not having a show, which is where pretty much almost all of their budget comes from, Uh, we were feeling the the need to make a donation to support local legislative uh, efforts. So we made a $50,000 contribution to PCA to fund local legislative efforts. And if you've noticed recently, they brought on, uh, Glenn loop. Are you familiar with Glenn used to be with, with CRA, Mm -hmm. uh, he now works for the PCA and you know, we're, we're doing our best to make sure that not only, uh, the retailers and the manufacturer's interests are met, but also the consumers, because when it comes to this kind of battle, we are all in it together. Um, and it requires all of us to get involved and and that's one of the toughest things with anything is getting people to to take that step and getting and really get involved
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know and, and and i i didn't know that like i said i didn't know that you guys you, you had made that donation um so i mean it just it, for me personally just sitting here now it's when i go to a lounge you know um uh and and i go to grab my favorite cigar if it is a ta lounge you know, now I, I think I would buy at least one or two, you know, if not more TAA cigars, just, you know, knowing, you know, that that it does go to a cause to help our fight. That's one thing I didn't know before. You know, I, you know, I wasn't quite sure of where the money went. I, mean, I didn't know that you guys had made that donation. So, so people in the chat panel um, uh, and I, even uh, here we go, Dan Thompson, uh, 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 McAuliffe Cigars. Um, did not know that TA made that significant of a donation uh, as as you know as well. So it, it'll definitely you know help me, you know, or or prod me, I guess, to uh, maybe pick up a cigar or two, you know, to help you know help help that fight.
1: Well, I, I appreciate that sentiment, but you know the other reason too is they're good cigars. I mean, as I said earlier, not everything makes it through the panel. So if it's gone through a, a bunch of retailers and it's been Vetted and and said, "Okay, we'll accept this." Odds are, it's a pretty damn good cigar.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Have you ever de- have you ever denied a cigar? Like we have, like yes. A- oh, have you? <laughs> yes, oh, we have. Which, which one? Who's the manufacturer? I, no, I, 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 <laughs> I can't.
2: You just got done telling Kevin you can't keep a secret. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, he wasn't going to tell me; he was going to tell everybody. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I knew we, we we couldn't we couldn't ask that question. So care uh
2: joe i know there's a number uh, uh, of organizations that kind of mirror what the taa is doing i know and i don't know if you're familiar with some of the groups there's the limited cigar association the lca kind of doing the same things i don't know what your thoughts are with uh, organizations that are kind of taking that uh a similar approach you know uh exclusive uh cigar shop wise and Applying, um, you know, cigars to them that are in a in limited supplies or limited uh, quantities. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with with any of the groups that are doing. That. I know there's a couple of them. And what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I, I'm familiar with. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the gentleman you were just talking to about uh, working through retailers, and I, I I think he was brilliant to uh, you know to take that tack. Um, you know, there's, everyone is always looking for something new and everyone is mm-hmm. always looking for the Holy grail of cigars. Um, fortunately for us, there's always going to be a new Holy grail coming. Okay. But, uh, I, you know, personally, I, I, as I said, I think he's, uh, he's brilliant for coming up with that on the same token. We've been doing this for a lot of years. Um, we have, uh, I'm trying to remember the number of shops, but we we have a substantial number of shops. We may only have 70 members, but we have probably an excess of over 275 shops that are TAA yeah. related. So, you know, we also have rec- uh, we also have relationships with these principals on a first name basis. That, when we ask for a product, they really go they bend over backwards to provide something that's going to meet our requirements and live up to the reputation we're trying to develop in the marketplace. And, you know, he's still new. I'm not saying he doesn't have that, that, you know, that ability, but I'm very confident in what we put out there.
2: Right. Yeah, I know. I, I just was on your, your site. And, uh, when you pull up the map of all the locations, and just in my travels alone, I know I used to go to Old Virginia Tobacco and get all my TAA cigars when I was, uh, I think I, I was a resident of of Virginia for nine months when I was on a project. So um, great, great shops. Like you said, Davitus as well. I mean, just some great locations up in that area that really carry uh, a, a number of the TAA uh, line. It's, it's fantastic.
1: Well, one of the things that has evolved um, Directly from ESP Cigars is that what some manufacturers will do is they've had if they've had something that they've been experimenting with, and they're you know they're trying to figure out is it going to be a hit or is it not? Um, we'll try that cigar and we tell them you know submit it to us let us try it. If we feel it's worthy, we'll launch it. And if it doesn't do well in the 70 best retailers in the country
0: you might as well bury it because it's not going to sell right yeah you know as, as long as you know and like i said in 70 of the best as i was saying you know you got to have retailers that'll push the product so when you're talking you probably do have 70 of the best retailers you know so they're always going to push that you know push that product um now um uh do you have any rules on selling online um or are there any rules on the TAA cigars you know because i know i mean there there's certain manufacturers that that won't allow any online sales. You got, you know, you got to go into the shop as the TAA. Have any any rules like that on any of their cigars, or is it manufacturer specific?
1: No, it's it's TAA specific because in a sense TAA is the entity that's that's controlling those cigars. The really the the um, the only two rules we have, I guess, if we're going to call them that, is you have to be a TAA member to have the cigars and you can your maximum discount is 10% on a box.
0: Okay. So 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 none of these 50% offs just to blow them out and then um um I never I never I never thought about that so so the pricing structure you know will will pr- essentially stay the same, you know. So I, I guess that makes sense.
1: Well, they're in limited edition, so I, I doubt anyone's going to have to <laughs> yeah, really yeah, blow them yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, exactly.
0: But but I, but I do like the uh, uh, the the pricing structure. You know, you know, the maximum of the ten percent. You know, someone's like, hey, I'm always going to go to this retailer because they always have a, a better deal. You know, so at least that evens out the playing field to a certain degree. You know, when you take right. taxes, yeah, you know, t- you know, taxes in on that, um, it, you know account for that. So yeah, that, that, that can add up quite a bit depending on where you're at.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: If you're so, in Texas,
1: uh, if you're in Texas, yeah. you, you're probably getting a, a much better deal than you are if you're in, uh, let's see, who's the worst these days,
0: Canada. Oh God, you know, Canada, you know, uh, so do, do you have, uh, any TAA members in Canada? Like I said, there's only Three in Saskatchewan or whatever it is. Do you do you have members in Canada? Unfortunately, at this point,
1: we're we're strictly uh, U.S. based.
0: Yeah, that would that would definitely be tough. You know, uh, to to get up to get up there. You know, I know uh, it's be be an absolute nightmare. You know, Care has found that out trying to uh, um, go overseas and, it's and challenging.
2: I mean, even even, gosh, with the the rules, regulations, taxes, the 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 boxing, the warning stickers. I mean, the uh, the 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 testing. It's 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 definitely multiple hoops. And and as we said, it's the hoops that we're trying to avoid. Uh, that you know, for 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 us to have to jump through here in the states. You know, it's it's second nature to some of the. You know, it's it's just common. It's like uh, buying a cigar. I was in California a couple of years ago. And we went into a lounge, and an eight-dollar cigar was like twenty-eight dollars, twenty-five dollars, and that's normal for them. They're kind of used to that. Where I'm here in South Carolina, where we have I think five and a half percent, you know, tobacco tax, so it's a uh, it's palpable, <laughs> it's 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 doable. Um, but over there, I mean, it's an eight-dollar cigar. It's twenty twenty-some dollars. It's crazy.
0: That that that's absolutely uh, uh, crazy. You know, and, I, yeah. and luckily here in Florida we have zero percent tobacco tax, and. Uh, um, so, which makes it, makes it nice, makes it nice living here in Florida, um, Arizona, where where you're at now. I mean, it's, it, I think it's zero or almost zero. You it's know, pretty and, low. It, it, it It's pretty, pretty low as well, which is, uh, which is nice. You know, it's uh, I, I feel bad for the people living in California and New York, you know, that are paying these Alaska, just these crazy, crazy numbers.
1: Yeah. Well, at, at least they can, uh, can still smoke cigars in their stores. I mean, that's, no. you know one of the, probably the biggest stumbling blocks that some of us face these days. And, um, you know, we need to stay, you know, vigilant to make sure that that trend doesn't, you know, spread across the country because <laughs> that's a tough thing to work under.
2: Is there any, it, it, is there any, is there any, like, uh, for, I'm sorry, Kev, No, uh, no, no, gonna go ask no go um, is there any light at the end of the tunnel with, with that, uh, particular band in, in Washington?
1: There's always uh, I'm an optimist um, and, and I'm always, you know, trying to uh, push right. the needle. But, um, you know, the the trend is still pretty tight. Um, you know, it's it's interesting that, you know, we have early on, we didn't have none of the scientific information that's come out in recent years from, you know, people like the CDC and the FDA on premium cigars and only premium cigars. I mean, coming up to this point, everything was always based on cigarette studies and yeah. the effects the effects of smoking cigarettes. So a lot of the laws that were passed were based on that information. And and I think going forward, we need to hammer home, just like a lot of other people do, that science is science. I'm sure you've heard that a few <laughs> times. But we, yeah. <laughs> we need to hammer that home and get them to look.
2: Yeah, it's tobacco. It's
0: it's, you know, uh, (laughs) but but there's a difference.
2: There's a huge difference. I mean, when you look at cigarettes and the processing, the younger tobacco chop, the all the different chemicals that are added, and then you 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 factor in the, the inhalation of 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 cigarette smoke and the damage to the lung tissue where cigars, premium cigars is tobacco and and actually the process of aging the tobacco leaf uh it, it's to remove uh the, the ammonia and and the impurities that um a lot of the, the cigarette companies are putting back into the into the cigarettes back into the tobacco
0: yeah absolutely oh, oh exactly i and i know this morning it was funny i, I was uh uh, before our shop opened, I, I, you know, I'm a mechanic, you know, like I said uh, opening up a shop this morning and I was yelling at the TV and there was only, you know, only my boss and one coworker with me. And, uh, cause, uh, Scott Godlieb was on promoting his new book. And I was just yelling. I'm like, I hate that guy. You know? And, uh, and so, yeah. So Luke's like, I take it. He doesn't like cigars. And I'm like, yes, you know, Scott La- Scott Godlieb. Good thing that, that guy is out. I, you know, I, was you know, I, I, he had a vendetta, vendetta against, you know, all tobacco, you know, including cigars. He, he made no, you know, differentiation between a cigar and a cigarette to Scott Gottlieb. That was it. It was exactly. exact well,
2: didn't same he, have thing. A, didn't he have some investments in some uh, vaping companies? Uh, that the, uh, yeah. I, I guess that could be a motivator. <laughs> well,
1: a- actually, you know, um, he wasn't as bad on premium cigars as he was on other things. He he actually uh, was somewhat supportive on pulling premium cigars aside and looking at him differently. So he's not as bad as his predecessor, and oh, uh, yeah. and not as bad as I, I I can't think of I believe it's uh, I can't think of this person's name right now. But the you know the present uh, the present FDA and I think they're just pending. I don't think they're actually the official FDA director. But uh, they're not too friendly, but they have realized that the cigar industry, at least the premium cigar industry, has a voice now. Mm-hmm. So they're they're moving a lot slower because they realize that we have some traction.
0: Yep, and and I know they're they're really hammering on vape right now. I think the um, as oh, of last week, yeah, I think last yeah. week they they said they denied, I want to say nine hundred thousand like applications, you know, in the uh, in, in the vaping world, you know, like and they were like. These have to come off the market now, gone. And I'm like, it's like that's almost a million products, which is mind boggling that that we're wrapped up in 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 an industry that they just <laughs> denied almost a million, you know, different products. You know, and, and here we are, we just we just want to smoke our cigars. Yeah, wow. exactly.
1: And and if if they start enforcing the you know the predicated date thing. It's gonna cost essentially about a million dollars per size per yeah. cigar line to bring it to market. So the ability to be able to try new things is gonna be very hampered. Almost yeah, but, impossible.
0: Yeah, that that'll I mean I mean, essentially it'll put care out of business. You know, yeah.
2: maybe, but uh yeah. I mean, you know not we've been talking we've talked about this before. I mean it's that it, you not only taking um you know companies that 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 came out uh um, after that date but the impact it was gonna it would have on on distributors uh i mean just the ripple effect across the board would be ridiculous all the way past our borders even into the uh um even into the the countries where the the, the tobacco is grown and and where there these cigars are made um it, it's it's nothing short of just you know, like you said, Kevin, nine hundred thousand. You know, so talk about a certain percentage. I mean, you're talking about you know well over fifty percent.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's absolutely. I don't know. It, it's insane. I, I I have I have hope. I have hope. I know. You know what? Just the other day, Half Wheel reported. You know the new tobacco. You know increase that's uh, you know uh, being put forth in the house. You know so which would you know exponentially you know you know raise the tobacco tax by i i, I forget what they reported a dollar two dollars you know per cigar which is which is insane so um all the more reason uh, for for everybody in the chat panel definitely you know if you're out and about make sure you're on the lookout for uh for that label you know the taa you know just know that when you buy that cigar you know if you don't have the time or to, to protest or write, you know, just know that buying that cigar with that label on it, you are doing, you know, you are doing your part, you know, to, to help out and make sure that for, for years to come, you know, we can still enjoy these, uh, you know, rolled up bundle of leaves, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, um, so uh before we let you go tonight, Joe, is there anything, new and exciting um uh that that's coming around the bend that that you want to that you want to talk about or um tonight
1: well the, uh, the the next esp cigars will we start our process in january um, once january comes along we we start making requests for submissions uh, at that point we go through the process of vetting what's been submitted uh, so that when we roll around to March, uh, we're, we're ready to go. And, and, of course, these manufacturers know the routine fairly well because this has been ongoing for many years. So my guess is that, that some of them already have stuff. They're, they're sitting inside and waiting uh, for submission to start and, and get the ball rolling. So there, there will be you know new cigars coming out for 2022. Um, I'm excited to see what they are. Uh, I'm excited to try what they what they put forward. So, um, I appreciate you guys inviting me on. I, I appreciate the fact that you have allowed me to talk about TAA, and you know I appreciate the audience putting up with me for
0: this amount of time. I uh, um, uh, I love it, and uh, uh, it probably it drives fantastic. Care nuts. Uh, uh, Care has his own show on Thursday nights, and he pays attention to the chat panel. I don't. Um, uh, there's been some <laughs> good questions. I, I I love these shows. I love shows like this because nah. I learned so much. Like I said I have learned more about the taA tonight than I have in the last you know five years. Like I said I just there was so much information I didn't know and uh, and and I love it. you know, so I you know thank you for coming on and and sharing some of the knowledge that that you've had. you know been you've been in the industry for for so long. and um, uh, definitely thank you and uh, and I definitely I'll, I'll definitely email you you know, and, uh, get you my, uh, email address. And I definitely, um, will will definitely look forward and definitely, you know, put out as many email blasts as we get, trying yeah. to help, uh, get people to, to, you know, purchase some TAA and help people learn about the organization and what they do and how they help us as, um, it's just average cigar smokers.
1: Well, Kevin Kerr, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. And, uh, if you, if you want me back, Give me a ring.
2: Yes, we will do. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. This is fantastic. Thank you so much. Take care and be safe. Uh, You too. Thank you.